Hey, everybody, Cal and Dan here. Um, hey, before you get into this one, get your glass, get your bottle of smoke wagon, fill it up, kick back and, uh, and enjoy. So Dan and I had a great time chatting with Nevada Distilling Company's master blender, Aaron. Uh, so if you don't know, they're based in Vegas. So we got a few good Vegas stories out of him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what a, what a really good time. And I mean, uh, this smoke wagon, uh, being relatively new to the market, I think they're in maybe 12 States or so. So I'm not sure if you can get your hands on it. Uh, you can go to their website though. Uh, you can get it shipped to you, but, um, yeah, we sampled through, uh, sampled through a small batch. We did, uh, kind of their flagship and uncut unfiltered. That was Dan's favorite. He definitely got drunk on the show. So, uh, you know, if you, if you want to, uh, if you want to leave any reviews about how it could have gone, uh, Hey, feel free, man. So, uh, be sure to like the show. Oh yeah. But on this one here, you definitely want to go to our Twitter, Instagram, or especially YouTube. Cause the visual component is something to be said for. He looks the part you're going to skin that smoke wagon. I thought he was going to slap you down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. What, a, what a great time. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to, uh, to having Aaron back on the show, maybe getting into, uh, get into a few more bottles, definitely a lot more Vegas stories to get into. So, Hey, pour yourself a glass like leave a review if you would and uh yeah have a good time cheers cheers make more birdies a bottle of bourbon a little glass and some ice this is not a tip this is a prescription trust me mm. if you don't you will fall out of bounds mm. welcome to birdies and bourbon sit down and have a sip welcome back everybody to the birdies and bourbon show uh, I'll tell you what, if you're just listening, you definitely need to get on YouTube and check this out. I've got three fantastic bottles, two of which I cannot find in my home state of Georgia. I can get your um, your straight bourbon whiskey here. Uh, you should be however, able to find all of them there. Now, uh, I don't mean to interrupt you, but Small Batch has been out because we were out of bottles for a long time. But that, that's been uh, rectified. Okay. Okay. Awesome. I think he yeah. needs to be correct. He can't find them. Oh. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm, I'm saying no, because people are buying them. They're yeah. not on the shelf. Yeah. Hey, but we've got, we've got Aaron Chepanik from, uh, I don't know. You want to go smoke wagon bourbon? You want to go Nevada distilling? I mean, what, what do you want to call Probably smoke, smoke wagon is, you know, definitely more well known than the, the company that makes it, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, and Aaron, uh, you know, just to be transparent, uh, Aaron and team were kind enough to share, um, share three expressions with us. And, and I can't wait to have too damn much of this whiskey and, <laughs> uh, and, and boy, do I have some questions for you, Aaron, the first one. Sure. And I, I don't know if you get this a lot or not because people, I got two directions. I'm going to go with this thing. And, and one, I want to call you the king of whiskey. And I want to call you, and I want to call you the king of whiskey. Cause I, I'm a raise. I, you know, I, I grew up in East Tennessee, you know, kind of moonshine running up there. Is that a Charlie one horse you're wearing? What the jacket, yeah, the hat, no, the hat, oh, no, the hat. it's a, uh, it's a, um, uh, Watson's hat shop. They're in Cave Creek, Arizona. It's all, all, uh, the, okay, the so custom. band is brim makers, but the hats, it's all custom. It's like, custom, it's like they're custom felt. They shape it to your head. 
Wow. I can't go back to factory hats. Wow, that's cool, and, man. And, and I want to, I want to call you the king of whiskey because, uh, and and everybody knows who Richard Petty is, right? And Richard Petty was always <laughs> known. And and I, I think Petty, I believe that the brand that he always wore was Charlie One Horse. I I could completely miss. Oh that. yeah, he's, he always had the feather hat pants. Yeah, right. always, yeah. man. Every, every time I see you on Instagram, um, you know, and not that you look like Richard Petty, but it's just the hat thing. I mean, I just thought <laughs> that's like and, I get it's it. Just that's just ingrained and and richard petty actually made a uh he made a bourbon at one point in time so i mean i wouldn't say it was uh great but uh i mean it's got his name it's a it's a collector's item it is nothing it's nothing like what we're getting into with you here today sir so uh yeah don't Eric, collect those drink drink them exactly hey <laughs> don't worry my friend uh these bottles are not going to have any issues we actually we've got a couple of people coming up on the show and you know one of the things that we like to do that we probably don't uh, we don't share enough is, you know, we, we get, um, so, so folks that are generous enough like yourself that, that are able to share some bottles, you know, some people probably listen to the show and they're like going, yeah, that cow guy, he, he doesn't send Dan anything and he just, uh, hoards it and drinks it all himself, which is not the case. We actually like to send these out for, you know, for, for tastings with other individuals that oh, are coming cool. on the show that may not have an opportunity to get it or they haven't tried it for whatever reason. But, uh, but yeah, we, we really, really appreciate, uh, the, the opportunity to do that. So I've been rambling, um, uh, too much, it, too that's much. That's usually what I do. I'm, I'm, 20, I'm 20 you... minutes to answer a question and by the time i get to the end of it it's like we're not even talking about the question i forgot what the question was oh shit so i've already <laughs> so i've already ruined the interview is what you're saying no no no, not at all <laughs> uh so all right so hold on so i'm going to be drinking uh because it, again people can hear me all the time on here you know going on about stuff i want to talk about what we're going to taste for just a second and then and then we're going to get kind of a little deeper into it and then you're going to give us because you're the guy right right Uh, So we're going to have, we're going to do the, um, we're going to have the smoke wagon straight bourbon whiskey. Yeah. And then, and then, so I'm thinking we're going to go to this one next. That's the way I would go. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then we're going to go to, uh, this is, yeah, I know. And I I haven't had it. I, I was, uh, I, the one thing I don't have is patience and self-control, but this time, my friend, (laughs) I, I, I did, uh, I did hold back and I said, Nope, I haven't had it. You didn't didn't open it. Uh, you know, I opened it to send Dan, uh, a pour and, uh, I promise I did not, I did not get in there. Not get in there. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's okay if you did, because the, the cool thing about uncut unfiltered, you know, it does change in the bottle. I don't know if it's because of the, there's such a high demand. And so it's like, I mean, you know, now that we have the batch stickers, people are getting bottles and they're like, Oh my God, you just bottled this, uh, like, you know, five days ago and it's already, you know, in Texas or it's already in Georgia. It's already like, yeah, we're just like, and, um, I used to always say, Oh yeah, nothing happens in the bottle with uncut unfiltered. It, it definitely uh, mellows out in the bottle. Even if you don't open it, even if it's, uh, even if it's closed, I I don't know. So was that unexpected? I mean, I'm I'm saying, so you, so you, you, you know, you're, you're blending, you're getting your stuff and, and I don't know, can we go down the road of where the, where things are coming from and. Oh, sure. I talk about it all the time. Okay. Nothing to hide. Um, So hold on. Let's back up. I I made a couple of notes that I want to touch on Uh, for those that don't, cause you're in maybe, what are you in like 15, 18, 20 States, give or take now. 
We're only in 11 states, believe it or not. I okay. mean, we, we could be in more. I just, um, we're in the process of, of uh, move, buying and renovating a place and moving into a new facility. Yeah. And I'm just, I just, um, until we get into a bigger space, I just, we just can't do it. We're like maxed out. Hmm. We're not we maxed out on juice. We're just maxed out on space. It's yeah. like there's no yeah. room. Yeah, we scheduled this for an hour. I hope you don't have a hard stop because I got a feeling this could go. Uh, we, we, I may need like two extra minutes or something. At the end. I, I, well, I have a. <laughs> we got to do an emergency uncut unfiltered blend, and since I have this, I didn't have a chance to get to the distillery. So at five thirty, somebody's coming by with my scale and all the samples. <laughs> to my house so i can figure it out tonight so we can we can batch it in the morning that's cool. nice nice okay so so for those folks that haven't uh and and again if you're not watching if you're only listening you gotta go to i mean this it, i mean aaron's kicked back with the cigar he's got his smoke wagon bourbon which expression are you drinking aaron i just have some uh, small batch with me okay and uh so give us uh because i haven't uh, had dinner yet so i'm gonna i'll talk you through the uncut i remember that one and straight yeah. bourbon as well but uh Uncut before dinner is sometimes just never little, little you heavy. never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you, 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 hold on. You are a bar owner and and a uh, and a whiskey maker in Las Vegas. So, I mean, yes, is there sir. anything is there anything off limits? Uh, well, as far as <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, I've I've been to Vegas plenty well, when times. When I was younger, there wasn't. Now, you know, you got to mellow out. You can't live that life forever. You know, catches yeah. up to you. So you want to give us a, uh, and, and I'm sure you've told the, the, uh, the smoke wagon story, you know, I don't, you know, how many thousands or hundreds, you know, all you know, many times. So I don't want to bore you with that. We're probably, we'll, we'll do a drop in. And if people want to, if you want to go down that road, you can, there's a lot I of interesting. I found the recipe in my dead grandfather's shoe. <laughs> You heard it here first. I, I, you heard it here. You, birdies and bourbon. You That's heard not it. real. I'm just I'm lying. That's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm being a dick. I'm making fun of all those dumb stories. No, 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 for sure. But uh, hey, the one thing that Dan, uh, and I don't think I shared this with Dan yet, but your, um, your business partner, uh, co-founder, yeah. I guess I could call him, right? Oh, Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan sure. Hensley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, screenwriter for Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, nice! That was a, that was an original screenplay that he wrote that was originally called Simon Says. Yeah, I would oh. love to get on with you guys. So, number one, I want to get on. We we we're trying to do a thing called uh, Bourbon in a Movie. We'd love to do um, Tombstone with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I think that'd be so awesome. So where, so why smoke wagon? I mean, we, we go, we can go into the gun and all that, but how'd you come up with that? Well, you know, so it started with silver dollar, which was the vodka. And we chose silver dollar because it is, uh, uh, silver filtered. That's a long story. <laughs> so basically John and I were drinking vodka back in the day. And we loved this stuff, Russian Diamond. It was the official vodka of the Kremlin. And it was silver filtered. So we were kind of just joking. I mean, just, you know, drunken, like, we should make vodka, you know? And I was like, and it was always just kind of, um, I don't know, just sort of a thing like that we talked about. And then one day, and I can't remember why, and I was even just talking about this with Jonathan the other day. He's like, yeah, it just seemed like a flip. 
uh, I'm sorry, a switch was flipped with you and it became real. Hmm. And so just one day I was like, I started looking at real a property to rent. I started trying to track down a social filtration system, researching stills, all that stuff. But like I said earlier, here we go, 20 minutes, not even answering the question. So silver dollar, <laughs> it's called silver dollar because we it was silver filtered like these Russian vodkas. Yep. All silver filtered, silver filtered stuff is is like, um, it's basically they use it, you know, in Europe more than reverse osmosis because silver has uh, antiviral and antibacterial properties. I think even for a while there, like British Airways was like, all our water is silver filtered. Um, now, obviously in vodka, you don't really have to worry about killing bacteria or viruses, but uh the silver coating the charcoal, it stops you from getting ash residue into the uh, into the juice. Yeah. So, um, so the Morgan was minted in Carson City because of all the the silver coming out of the Comstock. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was minted in other places as well. But so you know, symbol of Nevada, the Morgan. I designed that bottle for the vodka. We got desert sage all over it. I had to engineer it. So the Morgan was the currency of the Old West. And, uh, you know, we, we went that route because that is what how I associate, you know, that's how I don't really pay attention to the mid-century history of Las Vegas. I pay attention to the Old West history because I, I come from the East Coast. And out West, everything exists because of water, you know. So Las yeah. Vegas exists because there were springs. And so, you know, when they're doing the old Spanish um American Trail, it came through Las Vegas because this was where all the water was. And uh, and so, you know, when it came time to do the bourbon, we wanted to keep that Old West theme. And I was looking, I, I, I went online and I was looking at this uh, Old West slang. And I ideally wanted to do, I kind of, I'm trying, I, you know, so long ago, I can't remember what came first. But I do remember that, like, looking at all the alcohol-related Old West slang stuff, nothing was really that – it was all kind of derogatory, you know, <laughs> like coffin yeah. varnish and and yeah. then stuff that, like, really doesn't translate, like, you know, joy juice. And, you know, something <laughs> called joy juice, you know. <laughs> and then I, I was like, God, it would be really cool to have, uh, you know, a logo with cross pistols. And so, you know – but you know, it was like peacemaker was too obvious and all these things. And then I I wasn't even thinking about tombstone. I hadn't seen it since like, I don't know. I mean, last time I probably saw it before this was on like VHS, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was like, and I just remember I was driving back from Las Vegas and I just read, I was on my, uh, you know, car on the phone with Jonathan in the car. And I was just reading off like, the ideas and I had them on the top of my head and I was like, just blah, 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 blah. And smoke wagon. He's like smoke wagon. And he instantly went to the, you know, went to the tombstone. And I said, yeah, I just, he's like, do you like smoke wagon? I was like, I really like it. I can't explain it. It's the one I keep coming back to. And man, the logo would be, (laughs) would be awesome. You know, it would really, you know, just kind of be like kind of kick ass. And, um, and so, and then it just made sense because the Morgan was the currency of the old West and, you know, the Colt sure. single action army revolver was a gun that won the West. And so everybody had a, you know, a Morgan in their pocket or Morgan's in their pocket and a Colt on their hip. And so that they just kind of seemed to 
go nicely together. Perfect. Man. Skin, skin that smoke wagon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I could, I've been waiting like for weeks to say that. Yes. Yes. I hope you don't hang up. <laughs> oh, wait, uh, sorry, my internet just went out. <laughs> uh, so you can yeah, say it, it multiple times throughout <laughs> the hour or so. Well, I, I mean, I, you know, you you built yourself a hell of a problem, sir. Um, is what you it, and it, it's a it's it's one of those good hell of a problems. But you know, everything is good. Everything is positive. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and and I've I did uh, I went ahead and poured uh, poured all three uh, expressions that we got here, and I graduated from the um, from the uh, from the straight bourbon whiskey straight. to uh, I'm now in the small bats because I haven't had it, and I'm like, oh, shit, if you're drinking it, I'm I'm definitely joining in. So, and uh, so the iron the irony is the straight is the most recent, you know, because usually. Everybody starts off with old juice they bought. And, well, actually, no, it's not. It's, it's it, I guess it is kind of how everybody does it, where they start off with old juice and then they run out. We didn't run out of old juice. When I came up with the idea that four years, well, now it's five years ago, I just saw, it just seemed like everything was getting weirder and more expensive and harder to get. And there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that I don't understand, like as far as pricing and what people are buying, because it's really not that good. And they're just buying it because, yeah. you know, and so I was like, you know, one, one, I mean, who knows how long this will last? Because when, when you look at something that doesn't make sense, eventually there has to be a correction. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I've been in the bar business for <clears throat> my own, my first bar 20 years ago. And everything goes, you know, up and down. But there are some things that, um, you know, but a nice entry level bourbon that if I, I was just like, if we can make the best tasting, you know, $30 bourbon, $29 bourbon, I think that would be a huge uh, achievement. And, you know, because at the time everybody's like, oh, you did the Desert Jewel and that's gone. You've been doing private barrels. You've been, um, you know, Uncut and filter. What's next? Are you going to do like a seventy-five-year-old bourbon that costs eight thousand dollars and you know tastes like oak and and rubbing alcohol? You know, it's just like well, I was like, no, I want to do something super cheap, and you know, it'll eventually get cheaper because when you look at um, price, you know, big brand pricing, a lot of the the pricing comes in. You know, we start doing volume deals and things like that, which obviously we can't do right now. But so eventually, you know, hopefully it, it'll even get more affordable. But um, I mean, I drink it. It's like I love it, you know, and that's the thing, too, that if you that I've talked about in the past. I don't know where, where entry level bourbon became like um, a subpar uh you know, a, a subpar category, because if you look yeah. at anything else, if the entry level one was a piece of shit, you would never want to make more money. Or, you know, if you, if you like say motorcycle, you're young and you can only afford like the entry level to, you know, and also you don't want to buy the super expensive one because you'll probably be too fast for you and you'll die or whatever. Right. But, you know, if you have a bad experience, you're never going to be loyal to that brand. Yeah, you're, you're, so, you're done. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I just thought, well, you know, entry level shouldn't mean it doesn't taste that it should taste good. It just might not be enough for a, a more seasoned bourbon drinker because it's 92 proof. So right. it's not high proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's four year with some five year to give it complexity. But, you know, it's not going to be like small batch or uncut unfiltered. There's not going to be any oak. It's not going to be overly complex. But if you're a beginner, a lot of those things, you know, you don't want – a lot of people don't like heat. They don't like um, tannins. They don't like those things. And it's, you know, now it's a bad word, but it's the smoothest, you know. And so yeah, – and, and God I, forbid you say smooth. <laughs> you can't say smooth anymore. Hey, so, so, so hold on. Let me, so let me catch – so I, I went back to the straight bourbon, and, you know, the thing is – uh, you know, I mean, it, I, you know, this thing kind of hits me just at the tip of my tongue. And but I, I think to the and what you're describing is how do you introduce somebody to a this is a daily drinker. It's not going to knock your socks off. You're still going to get bourbon. I mean, right. I'm getting like a shitload of honey out of this thing for the rye content. I don't. I personally am not getting any now. The small batch will be a different story in a minute, but on right. the, on the straight bourbon, like I'm getting, like I wouldn't if 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 I were, and it's it's by the day and what we've had prior to and all that stuff, right? So maybe yeah, you you can't go back once you go up the yeah. wrong. Trying to go back to that lower proof, it, it, you're but that thing it's is like harder to harder to take out flavors. Yeah, but that's straight bourbon. It, it's like honey on my tongue, and it's yeah. uh, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't. It's not a super heavy or long. Fi- I would say it's a you know short to medium finish on it. But it, I yeah. mean, this is something that you can put in front of somebody, and for you to say that you want to, you wanted to make a, um, uh, you wanted to make a daily drinker affordable bourbon. Uh, I'm looking at the glass at at the bottles and I'm like going, well, shit, you, 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 you're like leaps and bounds beyond a daily drinker. (laughs) I mean, the bottles themselves. And and again, you can see the difference. And I want to talk about that in a minute, if you don't mind the difference in the color, but if you, you know, I mean, this is like, you know, you you ain't peeling this shit off. I mean, this is etched on the (laughs) bottle. Yeah. That's a, it's applied ceramic label. Yeah. That, that all, you know, if the opposite of, uh, the, the other bottles I designed those bottles, I was like, I want this. And they were like, nobody's ever done that. I'm like, yeah, but it's what I want. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you, you've made a name for yourself. And, and I mean, once again, I mean, even if you even if you walked into the liquor store and you had no idea what smoke wagon was and you see the bottle on the shelf. Yeah. You, I mean, it, it, you're you 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 did it. I mean, you, you've got the eye candy that, that gets you to, hey, what's in the bottle? And it's uh, even better than the bottle itself. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, you know, I could because like one thing I say a lot is, oh, well, that's from my experience in the bar business. And I had a lot of people bring in these, you know, craft bourbons in like a plain bottle. I'm just like, no one's going to drink that. You know, yep. I'm like, you want my bartender to like educate someone on this bottle? when we're busy like you're out of your sorry i don't know if i can curse you can say you can say whatever the fuck you want to say it's your brand you have to protect sir (laughs) oh my anybody doesn't know my mouth by now um yeah so i was just like you know nobody's gonna give a fuck about this it's like so because of its price point i gotta put it on the back bar it looks like a turd on the back bar and no one's gonna say hey what's that 
because that's half the half the battle, you know. And so, and then maybe if it's happy hour or slower, you can engage the bartender. And my staff always knew, you know, they're all educated on stuff. Sure. But, uh, but then, you know, everything I've done, you know, all the bars were like really overly designed and I shouldn't say overly, but they were just, you know, every detail like had to be perfect. And so it is kind of my personality. So I can't really, you know. Well, I mean, if you're in Vegas, uh, do you know what you got to compete with? I mean, you, you really don't have an opportunity to be half-assed in Vegas, do you? Mm. Oh, as far as the bars? Yeah. No, especially when we opened that bar downtown. Um, when we opened that bar downtown, uh, downtown Las Vegas was like, man, it was it was bad news. There, there it was rough. Is that the like? Are you talk, are you talking old town? Or are you talking the Strip? Old town, but not okay. under the experience. Like yeah, yeah, right. East of Las Vegas Boulevard, and there was a Seven Eleven on the corner. <laughs> and our landlord, our new, she kicked him out. But that Seven Eleven was the highest. Uh, I don't know if it was the highest grossing, but it was the most profitable Seven Eleven in the country for loose cigarettes. And uh, rose, <laughs> the the crack pipe roses, you know those roses, oh, yeah. little glass vase. Yep. It's actually a crack pipe. Yeah, and it's crazy. I, I, so I, 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 full disclosure, I only know it because I see them behind the glass <laughs> when I walk up to pay for my gas. <laughs> full disclosure. Full disclosure. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking like I didn't know about them at all until somebody showed them to me and told me, like, this is what that Seven Eleven sells. And it was really rough down there. But as soon as that Seven Eleven closed, it was a ghost town. Yeah. It was it was no longer rough. It was just like, hmm. man, it was weird. But so we built at like the kind of the worst possible time, and the bid started coming in because like you know the the strip was blowing up. They were you know built. They just finished wind. They were building Encore. They were redoing everything. You know, um, and uh, everybody, a lot of uh, people left town because of Katrina to go to New Orleans to rebuild. And uh, and so nobody wanted to do a little dinky bar. And so all of a sudden it turned into like an insanely expensive project. I remember talking to Jonathan about it. And I was like, we kind of have to do it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because people's perception of down of downtown is like, we don't get it. And I was like, but the other thing is people here will appreciate it. There's nothing here for the, there's nothing. Nobody's doing this sort of like insane environment where you're trying to give the best sort of neighborhood bar environment for locals, you know, all sure. the like super crazy stuff was on the strip where it's like, it's not me, you know, you can, what, sit at the bar by yourself. Believe me, I tried it for like the first three months I lived there. And it was just like the only people that talked to me were, you know, cause everybody's in groups, everybody's going to Vegas in groups. And so it's like, Oh, here's a group of guys from, you know, Indiana and a group of girls from Minnesota. And they all like get to get in. Like, here's this weird guy just sitting at the bar by himself. You <laughs> Did know? you have that cowboy hat on <laughs> and those glasses? I, I, I was, no, uh, I didn't have the glasses on inside, but now I wasn't wearing, really wearing cowboy hats. Yet. I, I had a, um, 
a brief. So I, I came from the construction background and, uh, you know, I drove uh, trucks. And then my first business was like this and well, start off as a junk shop, turn into an antique store. But I was always sanding stuff and I was always like dirty. And all I wore was overall, like basically dressed exactly how I do now, except cowboy boots. I was wearing work boots. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always, I had this, uh, they weren't cowboy cowboy. They're all like uh, vintage Stetsons, but they're like the bigger yeah. kind of like a mixture between like a fedora and a cowboy hat. Yep. And uh, uh, like a, a bowl, like a bowler. I kind of mean like a little bigger shaped brim, yeah. you know, but, yeah. uh, um, and you know, and it had like the crease, Yeah. yeah. but, but uh, then when I opened my first bar, I tried to be cool for like a, a year i tried to dress like fashionable and you know i bet you had jeans with uh with the uh, little stitching on the back pocket (laughs) (laughs) no i I was wearing like um you know like uh vintage adidas and uh, like these these uh reissue adidas track jackets that were all like 70s and early 80s and um and like you know japanese denim and like all these super crazy like you know, every all the crazy, you know, three hundred or four hundred dollar pair of jeans and stuff that I ripped the crotches out of all of them. Just actually, move, moving around, I think you can just stand in one place wearing those. <laughs> you know, <laughs> actually like working on something, you have to bend down. Um, and then, like, my hair started turning gray when I was really young, and uh, I was like, you know, I was like thirty two, and I came down the stairs. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, I can't, I'm too old to dress like this. This is like how kids dress. <laughs> and I remember talking to my dad and I was like, uh, and I, I said, so my dad, he's from Jacksonville, Florida, and he always wore cowboy boots and he always wore cowboy hats. Um, but even like skiing, we went skiing in the seventies. He had a leather cowboy hat that he wore. And uh, Sweet. I, I remember saying, I said, dad, I, and I never really wore sneakers before this. I was always in work boots. I was always, and uh, and I just said, Dad, I I want I I don't I can't wear sneakers anymore, and I, I don't want to like buy dress like shoes. I don't know. He's like, and he said, Son, you know what you have to do. You got to get a pair of cowboy boots. <laughs> I've been telling you for years. <laughs> I remember he says, like, they're so versatile. They go with. They go with trousers and they go with dungarees. <laughs> and, so, so are you a, are you a Lucchese guy? Uh, Lucchese and blackjack. Yeah, All I right. love that Lucchese seven toe. But man, for the custom stuff, blackjack. So everybody out there in El Paso, they all use the same toolers. No one's tooling in house, and so um, and then also the custom tooled ones. I want that you know, five toe, that pointy toe. Sure. Yeah. Skinner guy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So I actually, uh, in a, in a, a former life I did, uh, spent, uh, I don't know, three or four or five years in Jacksonville. So not, not in, in, in an institution, but not, not that kind of institution. So educational institution. So, <laughs> I don't think I've been back since the, the mid eighties, late eighties, whenever they built that freeway, you know, cause that whole part of Florida, yeah. those North Florida beaches, I should say, you couldn't get to them. Mm. And it was just, uh, everything was, you know, it was all like 
it was all there was nothing developed on the other side of the a1a and i think uh they had just built sawgrass and that was like it there was no hotels or anything until you got down to yeah. south Ponte Vedra mm-hmm. or, or saint augustine mm-hmm. yeah and we were and we would always stay uh north of that you know it's just like like really cool beach houses on the beach you know i don't know if you can find not like we weren't rich or anything by any means no you're so, fucked down <laughs> ain't, ain't no damn chance again I mean, well i mean listen the shit that you guys are pumping out of that place i mean uh you know i'm not gonna go down that road but i I'm, and i know it's an expensive business and i know the margins oh no thin, i mean but. i mean growing up we i didn't grow it's not like i'm staying in a beach house and it's oh, my yeah, family yeah. like yeah. like we're my dad's like you know i mean he was it's not so it was just like working class kind of, yeah, sure. you know? Yeah. And now I, I, I'm sure it's all gone, but he won't uh, go back. Oh yeah. yeah. He won't Crazy. Go, he, yeah. Cause he grew up riding horses and everything. I mean, he, you know, like the Florida that he grew up with is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Hold on. So we have talked nothing about smoke wagon <laughs> bourbon, we, but, but I'm having a damn good time. I and too. I mean, and this is what I really wanted to get. A, I, I, I wanted to get a hold of the Aaron that, that people don't, I don't want to run you through a bunch of cheese and I, I shouldn't say cheesy ass questions, but listen, you're on a shitload of podcasts. Everybody wants a piece of your time. And you know what? Sometimes people are, they don't want to, they don't want to go down a road of, Hey, I'm going to get to know your bourbon when I fucking drink it. I right. want to know I, what, what did you, what did you do, sir? What did you do that you've got? I mean, you've got a hell of a thing going on here, man. And it is absolutely ridiculous. And you'll, you, you have to admit that sometimes don't you wake up in the morning or go to bed at night or wake up in the middle of the night. And you're like, Holy shit, this actually worked. <laughs> uh, I never wake up in the middle of the night doing it, um, and but I do, you know, every day. I, I'm appreciative of what what I have, you know. But it's um, it's always tough, right? Because you always get wrapped up in everything, mm-hmm. and so it's all about perspective, you know. I mean, I remember the per- perfect example is I remember going to the bars and seeing the bar owner, right? I'd be like, man. That must be so cool. That guy, oh, he's got it. Me. Now, granted, <laughs> open it that'll, that'll, teach you a le- that'll teach you a lesson. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but I mean, I, Las Vegas was different. Las Vegas really was like how you, you know, you, what you thought it would be like is how it was. And people, but I shouldn't even say that because people, when I was, people didn't even know I owned the bar. There was just Las Vegas it was just so fun. There was so much action going on. But, um, and then when I did own the bars, it's like, oh my God, what the, you know, it's not like, yeah, it's like, oh God, what the fuck's that bartender doing? Uh, the toilet's broken again. You know, like, oh, you know, before we ran out of this, where, oh, that chair's broken, all oh, the freezer's down, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you got to step back and go, oh shit, that's right. I own, I own a bar. And, and I have to, you know, to some extent do that now. And I think it's good because it keeps you humble. You know, you're not like, <laughs> brain blew up it's like oh fuck. i'm always i want to make everybody happy so it's like okay how we got to get everyone everything and now that we're moving you know we're going to develop this property so now we're on the phone with the city talking about buying the land and trying to figure out the you know dealing with the architects and to build the thing and so uh so yeah i i, I have to force myself to like you know step back and be like holy fucking shit this is amazing but it's easy i mean 
it's easy to do on a daily basis, like when I'm on Instagram or whatever, because yeah, yeah, yeah. All the people are um, so great, ninety nine percent of the time, you know. And so you have these people messaging me, and it's like this is fucking amazing. Everybody's it's so nice, you know. Yeah. Have, you, have you have you had any um, have you had any negative feedback? Well, so let's and, and we, I don't know we we hit oh, on it sure. we hit on it a little bit, but we didn't really talk about it. But I mean, I think today everything that we are drinking is sourced, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And and, and it's but you've got stills, and I know you're making vodka. So, but that that's later. To, it's like, what are you doing next? It's like, well, shit's sitting in the warehouse aging, and then that's what's coming, right? Well, I mean, we, you know, now we contract MGP to lay down 400 barrels a month for us, so. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, when you think about sourcing, you think about going out and trying to find it. And, and that's not what's going on is we've been let, you know, we did go to MGP and buy aged juice in 2012, but in starting in 2015, we started laying it down. Yep. So all this eight, nine year that, well, that was stuff we bought from MGP, but it was like a day old. It wasn't even, it wasn't even distilled by MGP. It was still LDI. They had just taken over the yeah, facility. Wow. That stuff was like two months old. They show you how early we got in. And then, um, you know, in 2015, we started laying down 600 barrels. There was a couple of years we missed. And so I did have to go back and buy some stuff. And then we just, you know, bought, bought a ton. But uh, as long as they, you know, it, but it's hold on, wait, are, but are you getting but so and, and I, I know I led with a question and I, uh, I rudely cut you off I apologize but so but do you get shit about that and like hey you're you're taking somebody else's stuff and you yeah and you're blending it and putting it in a in a in a in a in a, in a bottle and then you're selling do you get shit about that or like what what is what does smoke wagon get shit about uh, so, so some degree that, yeah, you know, people are like, oh, it's just sourced MGP and all MGP tastes the same. Well, you know, and it's just like, yeah. oh, Jesus. It's like, shut. I was like, I, <laughs> not even every warehouse tastes the same, you know? Exactly. And, um, exactly. Not even every like, floor of the warehouse tastes the same. Every I mean, floor, not even every lot on the same floor of the same warehouse of the same age tastes the same because one's like McGinnis cooperage and one space they don't own their own cooperage so they're always getting barrels from for, yep. from whoever they're getting it from yep and um you know and then you say you know i remember we got into an instagram with one somebody's like you're really not doing anything special you really <laughs> gotta do more like finish your bourbons and like port or whatever to be doing something special you're not doing anything <clears throat> And then I was like, well, who is doing something special? He's like, oh, well, I mean, like Buffalo Trace is doing something special. And I'm not talking, when I say this next thing, I'm not talking shit about Buffalo Trace. Uh, talking shit about the guy talking shit about me. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's like, well, Buffalo Trace has like four mash bills, or, you know, and 90% of their stuff is made with like, so they have all these expressions using the same mash bills with the same still at the same facility. What? What, for, what for, for how many how many uh you know triple digit years dude i mean yeah you know, pump the yeah. brakes bud right yeah it's like i'm like and so what you think that that they can't that does each one taste exactly the same no of course not because the master blenders and they're you know figuring out how to make each one taste different and uh and so yeah so there's that and then the latest one was um you know because uh, i was so transparent about what i did with the, the rare and limited and and now everyone's like that's just barrels that retailers didn't want and then he just did all this marketing oh, and it's like well first of all it wasn't barrels that retailers didn't want 
or weren't good enough for retailers. It's barrels that I didn't offer to retailers. My decision whether or not to offer a barrel to a retailer does not necessarily mean they're good or they're bad. There's just something about it where I feel like, yeah, you know, maybe the finish is off or it's really good up front or, you know, it needs more time and, and those all sat for a while so they had more time or whatever. You just never know. And then when I blended them all together in one tank, they tasted amazing. And the thing is, like, every <laughs> old barrel in uncut and small batch, I mean, now we're not doing private barrels, so I don't really sample each barrel the way I used to. But it's like there's been 200 barrels that didn't make it. Are you not going to buy uncut because the nine-year juice in it is barrels that didn't make it the private barrel? You know, it's like – and then – and that's like an attack on character, right? Like, I'm just some hustler. There's nothing special about it. The reason people can make comments like that is because dueling is illegal. They should bring back <laughs> dueling, right? I should be. Someone says that shit about me, like I'm some asshole who's who's like trying to scam people. I should be able to challenge them to a duel. Like, pistol of choice, sir. Yeah, you're attacking my character. And it's like, you know, fuck you, man. Is that what you think I'm doing? Like, I'm just like, ooh. Let me do. And, I, and the whole thing is, it like, um, you know, when I came up with that, that was so long ago. That was like in March. We hadn't even, I think we barely released in Illinois. We weren't in Colorado yet. We were still working on changing distributors in New York and New Jersey. Like, everything was so small. We weren't in Texas. It was supposed to be this really fun, cool thing. And um, and I really liked the idea of the coin because that that's what I would have wanted is like, you know, I don't want a box. I don't I don't want a shelf. I want like something I can take with me, you know, turn into a keychain or something. If somebody goes, yeah. Oh, that's cool, what is it? You're like, ah, it's, I got the fucking barrel uh, you bottle one ten out of the that's you cool. know, and, and that's what I would want. So that's why I did it that way. And then I did the label the way so that, you know, because there'll be so many more of them if we ever have time to sneak it in on the bottling line. And, and so I just, it takes forever to get new packaging. So I just wanted to have like, you know, 10,000 bottles sitting around. Well, no so shit. Like, when you're doing stuff like this, I mean, th this is not like, uh, hey, send me your clear bottle and <laughs> uh, and a label. I mean, it ain't like yeah. you're doing like elementary shit over here. I mean, this thing is... Um, it, it's, uh, I mean, like, I'm going yeah. like, shit, what am I going to do with these bottles? I mean, I'm definitely not going to throw them away. But that's why the rare and limited had like, so I could write on the label, you know? Um, but yeah, so that, like, I still see that people are like, Oh, is this any good? And some of it's just barrels and retailers didn't want. And it's like, well, that's not true. And you know, is what do you think? I'm just like, Oh God, I have these barrels that retailers don't want. What should I do with it? You know, it's like I make uncut and small batch with them. I do it all the fucking time. But these were like so <laughs> insane. I was like, I can't blend with these. They're too, it's, this is like too amazing. This is too special. And I created the, the rare and limited just to release that. So those are the two things. It's still, you really, you know, it's just MGP. You're not doing anything. When are you going to start distilling yourself? Okay, I'm distilling myself. What's the difference? I call MGP every month. I'm either contracting them to do new laydowns, which is what we would do, or there's stuff that's like a week or two old, and I'm paying new laydown price, and I get to pick my floors and warehouses, so I'm dictating where everything's going, and I make sure everything's racked and. So I'd be doing the same thing. I don't want to be a master distiller. 
those, those guys have chemistry degrees. They're they're watching computer screens and computer printouts, uh, printouts of chemical composition and stuff like that. I I want to just blend. Yeah, well, it, it it looks like you're having a hell of a time. I I can tell it, you man, that. It's so fun. It's amazing. You know, it's really cool, and, and I love it. And I'm lucky. Um, I'm lucky that I you know that when I blend something. I go, this is yummy. Other people are like, that's yummy. <laughs> you know, <'cause laughs> exactly. It's like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't suck, and I'll have another pour, sir. <laughs> so, wait a minute. So, you go from vodka, and I know you, you may have a cutoff. So, if you got to leave, just, uh, you know, you can be like, uh, I got to get the hell out of here. But, um, but you went uh, seven fifty three. So uh, oh, we, I got I got a, I got over yeah. a half hour. Oh yeah. shit! Well, hey, that'll be the last time you ever say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, actually, I gotta go right now. Hold on. So I even but, I even I never use these lights out here. They're the, they're so horrible. They're like the the coldest LED lights. <laughs> but I figured I turned them on before I came out because I knew it would get dark in, in case it went long. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Thank uh-oh. you for doing that. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, all right. So you go from a vodka drinker. And yeah. and by the way, I've never, if, you know, back in the day when I was, uh, when I would, you know, if I were drinking vodka, even today, if I'm drinking vodka, I'm a Russian standard guy. And that's a, that's a Bloody Mary kind of thing, whatever. <laughs> and, and so I didn't hear there's something diamond that you were drinking, right? Russian diamond, yeah. Russian diamond. Uh, R- Russian standard silver filtered also. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, so I, I'm like going, well, how in the hell does a, does a vodka drinker turn into a master whiskey blender? Well, uh, I started drinking bourbon um, uh, to slow it down. I was just drinking way too much. Things were getting a little while. It was. A, I had a good run. It was a lot of years, and uh, you know. But I just I was drinking too much, and um, I said I need something that's you know got flavor and heat that's going to slow me down. And so I I tried all the brown spirits, and uh, I just love bourbon the most. Hmm. And uh, so I was drinking bourbon, and and then you know as we were starting to build a distillery. And people are like, oh, you should do a bourbon. And uh, I was like, a bourbon? I mean, vodka is easy, you know? So you just figure out how to make it. I was like, I, I know what to do. I got the filter. You know, we're going to cook it in this copper pot still. It's going to be so smooth. And, and that vodka, you can't say smooth. And, uh, <laughs> and no one's going to look at you sideways. Right. And, um, but bourbon, I was like, I don't know shit about distilling, like from scratch or anything. And I was like, yeah. oh, you just buy stuff to get started with, and um, and yeah, and it, you know, and that was the thing is, uh, I just blended it to where. Well, I shouldn't say I blended. Originally, we bought five year from MGP. We we're going to release as a, the small batch was going to be a five year. And by the way, back then, small batch. I guess now, like calling something small batch is bad. I, I don't know. It's like I've had people say, "Oh, I didn't try your small batch." Small I don't batch. see. Like, I, I don't. I don't know why that's the case, though. Because I mean, is is it like? Um, is it like? Well, it was experimental. Is it like? Hey, we're only doing a limited run of it because we only had so much. Because so, like, I, I was. I, I was I yeah, I was reading some uh, things about 
I'd like to say that we had a great time chatting with uh, Aaron. From the... <laughs> I, totally, uh, no. I fucked up and forgot to put my phone in airplane mode because I, no, I sorry. I'd be on the computer. Yeah, But, uh, you know, I think the small bets thing is I, I think it's a few things. I think one is it could be um, if you want to call it experimental. Uh, which, but now, I mean, think, you know, we've, we've got, uh, some folks, uh, folks just up the street from us, Chattanooga whiskey. I mean, they've got an experimental lab and they run it through that. And, and you've got all the other, yeah, Evan Williams and other people. I, I, I think the small batch thing is like, cause it's not, you know, there's no real definition of small batch. So it's just like, Oh, that's just what they call like their mass produced stuff. If they want to seem mm. like fancy, something. like a marketing kind of thing. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, or it could, yeah. I mean, I, I think it could be used in a better term. And it, again, I, I don't know. There, I don't think there are any restrictions around, you know, on the whiskey and bourbon, you know, regulatory side that say small batch means this. I think it's, yeah, to your point, Dan, it's just, it's a marketing term. And, and there you yeah. go. So um, I, I didn't know. I thought it meant that you were doing something in little batches. And special, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you get a message on that? Did somebody say like, uh, what are you doing over there? What kind of cigar are you smoking anyway, Aaron? What do you, what's, uh, what's, what are you pairing with the small batch tonight? Oh, uh, uh, warped La Hacienda. Oh, they're really nice together. These I haven't had nice. the warp, but I have had uh, La Hacienda uh, many times. Is that, uh, yeah, do you have a go-to in your cigar preference or are you kind of across the board? Kind of, I bounce. Around. I mean, I always have the same ones in rotation. And then I'll have some older stuff that's been in the cabinet for like a, a while, because uh, like my palate like will change, and I won't smoke those for a long time. And then I'll come back to them and be like, "Oh yeah, forgot about these." Yeah, well, well I just <laughs> said, "Oh yeah." Um, I'm, Are you drinking I'm, the uncut unfiltered? Well, I I know I'm not being a very good host, and uh, I'm, I'm just it's I'm, just, I'm, it's I'm, just I'm, sourced MGP. I mean, I don't do anything. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's just liquor. I mean, who gives a shit? Uh, I just, so I just go, I just grab some stuff and you know, whatever. Throw so, it in the bottle. Gonna, so for those that, for those that are listening and want to go and look, I'm holding the bottle up right now. And then this is 11, 18, 20 batch 27. Hmm. Oh yeah. Nice. That, uh, this shit is, uh, I mean, like, <laughs> I, like I, I went, I went one, two, three, and it's like, uh, you know, don't save the best for land. And, and, and listen, like the, the folks that listen to the show, like I ain't blowing smoke up anybody's ass. I'll, I'll drink all these damn bourbons and, and have a good time. This is, um, I actually think to me and, and where I'm at right now, uh, the straight bourbon, mm-hmm actually tasted a little bit hotter than the uncut unfiltered. I don't know if that yeah. even makes sense to you. It Th- does make sense. And, uh, um, it's all, uh, through blending. I mean, even though I don't do anything, uh, <laughs> the, the, the four, and, so the straight bourbon's four and five year. Right. And so I blend it with a lot of four, so it's going to be really thin. So at a 92.5 proof, it's still got some heat to it. Um, so everything is a balance between uh, lipid esters and tannins. So because the so lipid esters are going to make it, you know, that's uh, all fat. And so it's going to be a nice creamy mouthfeel, oh. insulate your palate from the heat. But then, and so you get all that from the older juice. Mm. But then tannins will give 
people a perceived a harshness that they perceive as as ethanol heat. Mm. And a lot of times, some even some of that burn going down is from the tannins. It's not the heat. And so, uh, with the the uncut, I mean, the last batches were like four, five, six, and seven. And now that I finally have my nine years, it's four, five, six, seven, and nine year. Um, I really, you know, in the beginning it was only eight and four year. And that's the other thing too. Like you want to go back to talking about like people talking shit. They're like, Oh, uncut and filtered used to be this. And now it's like, I'm like uh, uncut and filtered used to be only eight and four year. And now it's like, <laughs> and now it's like all these different floors, all these different vintages. I can really create these unique proprietary flavors that I couldn't before. And, and what I mean by that is if I go back and try like the first eight and four year, I'm sorry, the first uncut, I can kind of taste the eight and I can kind of taste the four. And now with the uncut, it's like it really, the flavor isn't the flavor of any of the existing vintages. And it makes it hard because if there's something wrong, it takes me a while to figure out which one it is that's too heavy that's fucking it all up. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, um, so uncut, I blend to taste its best neat. And so it's all about working on that finish, dialing in the finish. You know, it's very easy to get up front on the palate, all those yummy flavors. And like even small batch is significantly easier to figure out a blend than uncut because small batch, it might be too many tannins or there might be some youth, but you know, it's proof down to a hundred and you add some water and all that goes away. Uncut, you got to figure out how to make that go away just by using different vintages. And so, you know, the instinct is to make it super old heavy. That way we're, it's going to be nice and creamy, but the, the tannins are going to ruin the finish. And so you got to figure out which of the younger juices to get in there to, to really, you know, cut down on the tannins without it becoming too thin. And then also all of them together, you know, it brings in all this complexity. Like some of them might be like cinnamon heavy and you can bump that up, but that, but it has like a bad finish. So you can't get too much of that. And it's real. I just love it. It's, it's hard to do. 90% yeah, you, 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 of the fuck, time. you fuck me all up, dude. You, you <laughs> like, uh, uh, this is, this is not going to come across the way that it should, but you've, uh, you've ruined my smoke wagon palette. I've only, I only see, I only see this model on the shelf. And, and, and when I, when I, when I say that, when I say that, I mean this in a positive way is as soon as you get your hands on, uh, the other smoke wagon impressions and uh, we're definitely, we're definitely going to share and spread the word, but small, yeah. a small batch should be as readily available as the straight. They both, um, you know, small batch. Cause it's all about like bottling, you know, like small batch and straight bourbon. I can, I can figure out a blend with, without every time we do a barrel dump, I got to do a new blend. And so we only have a limited tank. We only have 350 gallon tanks. Yeah. And then also there's speed. We, so we don't have room for an automated bottling line. And so when we're doing something like the straight, those, those guys can crank that out. I mean, mm. they do like handwritten 300 cases a day of that. I mean, we can do 2000 cases of straight in, in a, a six, you know, we, we bottle them every day in, in the seven day period uncut, you know, you got to do the right to proof on the front. We got to do the, 
the batch sticker on the back. We've got, you know, and then like small batches got the strip tape and all that, and all that takes time. And so we can only do about 170 cases a day of uncut. And then also it's more labor intensive to figure out the, for me, to figure out the blends and everything. So yeah, it's just, there's only so many days in a month and there's so much demand. And so, um, you know, and then uncut just sells so fast. So it, it's not like it's allocated or a limited thing. I mean, it's going to be more limited than the other two, but man, it just like, I can't get enough of it out there. Mm. It's like, and I, if I told I, I, you, you're telling me, I know. <laughs> and it's, and it's like, if I told you how much we were doing in 11 markets, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And how much uncut I'm doing now. I mean, that's why I had to stop the, the barrel program because we got the uncut order from Texas, and I was just like, "Holy fucking shit!" I don't, I don't have, a, you know, it's like everything's. I'm like looking at the okay, well, uncut's like 1.18, 1.2 proof gallons of six pack, and this is how many proof gallons of old juice. Are. Oh shit, you know. <laughs> It's like, oh, how many barrels do you have? We've got like 300. And, you know, of, of now we're down probably less than that of the nine year, but that was the eight year. And I was like, that used to be an infinite amount. There's no way I could go through 300 barrels. I mean, when we were doing the barrel program, I don't even know how many eight years I did. I mean, over you know, a hundred and something in like four months. Wow. And, uh, and I was just like, I can't, you know, in our, I, and so I went to Lindsay who works for me, but she doesn't actually, she works with me. She's like an integral part. And, um, I hired her to handle the battle program at that point, you know, cause it's so long ago. I, oh, I know. I, mean, I know Lindsay said, uh, hey, we are not accepting people like you into our barrel program. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, uh, please, please, please. So, uh, hey, I, I mean, this this isn't a bad runner up price. Yeah. So 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 when I got the, uh, the barrels are cool. I mean, I get it. I understand what, you know, it's neat to pick your own barrel and I. Uh, and I'll drink the barrels from time. I mean, I have almost all of them, but for me, it's like uncut, unfiltered. I mean, it's so complex. It's so insane. There's so many flavors going on. I mean, the Lord, if I'm sitting by myself, which is usually how I like to end the day. Cause you know, I'm always doing stuff all day and it's like, just night. I need to like take a moment to like wind down. You know, you, you can't have any mind chatter with uncut, unfiltered. Cause you're like, What's that flavor? What's that? Hmm. What's that? <laughs> like, no, this thing is like. Did I just taste that? You know, it's, it's, uh... and the barrel. I, mean, I, I don't I, really I, get that. You know. Yeah, I mean, I just took a drink of that, and I'm almost like, shit. I feel like I just had like an American single malt, but there's no way that this is American single. I mean, I, I got hints of that coming through there, and it's like I don't even know why that should come out in that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not explaining it, uh, you know, correctly in in in, in what it, but. I, I I definitely got hit with like a shitload of malt on just that little yeah. taste that I just did. Yeah. Uh, there is none in it. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> well, I shouldn't something. say that. There's a, what they got four percent, right? Four percent barley, malted barley. Well, it's something to brag about for sure. I mean, you've. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. We, you know, we talk to a lot of, uh, and we talk to a lot of good whiskey people often. And 
you know, I mean, the, the thing that you've done, I, I mean, how long would you say you've been, this has been like running and, 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 and selling and selling. Yeah. Uh, we were, I mean, not long, you know, it's like what are you, two, three years. Well, 2016 is when we won the gold for small batch. And so maybe that summer our, our distributor in Las Vegas picked us up and that was just small batch. And then, um, and then the next year we had uncut. I mean, we, the vodka was first with small batch as well. But yeah, you know, it was just like slow, slow grind for for years. And um, I mean, you know, I was always out and like doing. Uh, you know, was, it, here, was it painful at the beginning? I mean, did you feel like some heartburn over like uh, shit? This really isn't happening, or or because I mean, and again, I mean, you're in Vegas, I'm in Georgia, and no distribution here, and then you know, again, you're in eleven states, I think we said uh, for Smoke Wagon Bourbon, and uh, we haven't even mentioned vodka. What are you in the same for vodka, or do you distribute anywhere? Oh my for god, the, yeah, the vodka, man, the vodka. Like we people start, oh, you have a vodka, and we start putting it out there and it's it's blown up as well it's crazy <laughs> it's so smooth uh, it's uh it's like uh, everything i smooth. wanted out of a vodka the bourbon is everything i ever wanted from a bourbon and the vodka is everything i ever right, you can't you can't vodka. debate with that that's perfect right <laughs> but, but to, to answer your question no I, I there was times where i was overworked you know i mean it's like starting a business when you're 31 versus doing this in my late forties, you know, I just like, man, I'm not a maniac anymore. When I was in my thirties, like whatever, fucking work all the time, you know, I know I want to be so, like CNH, CNH. <laughs> yeah. So there, there was some times where I was just like burnt out, you know, I was bottling yeah. by myself and at night I'd have to go out and I, the weekends I'd be doing tastings, you know, uh, every weekend and, you know, just going, just doing, you know, I was doing everything. And, um, but the reaction that I got from people, I was like, there's no way it's, it's not going to happen. And, uh, but I did not expect it to happen as fast and as big as it did. Yeah. You, you dealt yourself a high hard one, my friend. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 but cheers to you. And, and I would agree. So out of the three, thank you. Um, I think we've got some different price points here, and mm -hmm. obviously the uncut unfiltered is the highest price point that we've uh, yep. we've sampled tonight, and it's um, it, it it is definitely and a hundred percent worth the price point if you see it on the shelf. I mean that's um, yeah. Listen. I, mean, I, I love them all. It's like I'm drinking the small batch right now, and it's just um, for before dinner, you know, with the scar I'm having like early evening it's perfect you know yeah kind of kind of warming up to it yeah i mean that's uh that's uh, okay so i so and, and i don't know you, you you have to drop it a minute i think you gotta get a ride coming so i can I got, find I got my scale and my uncut sample showing up that's right I, that's right yeah I bring it bring it to my house that's my light that's <laughs> so I've gone from so I've gone hold from on. loading loading bar, uh, you know bottles by myself so truck. what is what hold on what does that mean what you got a scale and you got something what, what can you give us uh you know the 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 clip oh, sure. version so so the samples are every time we dump barrels we put each vintage and floor in its own separate tank and that's how we store them until it's time to do a bottling run nothing's pre-batched we we batch for every bottling run and so um 
So I'll figure out a blend and we'll, we'll do that blend for every batch until we've depleted the tanks. And then we have to do a fresh, do a barrel dump. And then I got to figure out the blend again, cause it's always different. And we can only dump depending on the age, seven, seven to nine barrels per tank, only 350 gallons. And you can't fill them up all the way or them way too much. Um, and then, uh, and then the scale. So when you're doing the batches, you've got to do it by weight. There's no way to accurately measure that much alcohol by volume because depending on the temperature uh, and the bar- you know, barometric pressure, the alcohol is going to expand and contract. Mm. And so that's why like an Anton Parr hydro- digital hydrometer for uh, its TTB approved is like <laughs> literally 20 grand. And part of that is it cools down your sample and they have a barometer. So they factor in barometric pressure for the factor of the proof. Um, and so what I learned was I used to do my bat, my blending um, by, you know, millimeters. So the reason I use either grams or millimeters, cause it's all, I'm trying to figure out percentages. And then, it, so it's easy. And then you would just take those percentages, you know, average batch is going to be 2,500 pounds or so. And so I, I figure it out. Well, in the beginning, I was using volume, and I didn't realize that volume does not translate to weight because four-year is going to weigh less than eight-year. And, uh, you know, the older stuff's going to weigh more than younger stuff. Or an older 122 proof is going to weigh less than, like, because, the, the you know, the water plays a factor. So as the water evaporates, you have a higher concentration of lipid esters, which is going to be heavier, pardon me, but also alcohol. So the higher the proof, the more alcohol, you know, alcohol is in there, and that's light. And so it's much lighter. And so uh, I would figure out these blends, and we would batch, and I was like, this does not taste right. What happened? <laughs> and so finally I realized that I have to do my little, my figure out my blends on the on the table and, and weight in grams. And so they're bringing my little a little scale and samples so I can uh, figure out the cup blend for tomorrow. Oh, nice. So, uh, that, yeah, that, that, that's so good. I mean, that's, um, uh, uh, I hope we don't have to delete that from the, uh, from the conversation. No, I'm just saying, but I mean, that that's insightful shit that you wouldn't otherwise know. Right. I mean, people don't, people aren't going through like the weight of the alcohol versus, uh, the, the water content or the, uh, I mean, they're, they're not going through those things in their thought process and, you know, how do you make it? And by the way, all you're doing is just taking MGP and blending it. (laughs) Is it even blending? I mean, I just kind of throw it around and just kind of stick it in a bottle and put a label on it. It's like maybe people want it. I'll tell you what, man, you've, uh, yeah, you've, you've done a hell of a job and, uh, I'm going to make it a point to get out there to, uh, to see you guys. I know, uh, I think things are closed down right now, but, uh, I may knock on a door one day and be like, Hey bud, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> well, are you- I, I, unfortunately we can't really do tours cause we don't have a tasting room license, mm-hmm. but hopefully it will be in our new space, uh, in August or September. And then that that's, it's four acres. Oh wow! So, the the first eight thousand square foot building that we're renovates just the beginning. I didn't, even though we will build like an actual 
gift shop and like a bar and all that stuff. And, and then the bar will have a room in it, which is much better than a tasting room because tasting room, you're limited what you can do. Uh, but I was like, you know, let's put a let's put a tasting room in the first. Let's just get it started because who knows when the bar will be done. That's new construction. Mm-hmm. This is this is a tenant improvement. We'll be able to get this done in a few months. So let's let's do the tasting room, and that way we can start doing tours. You know, things like that, and uh, you know, and re, you know, merchandise retail because mm-hmm. people are always trying to come by, and I'm, I just feel bad, you know, and and. I couldn't let him in now, even if we had a taste, it's like, there's no room. It's like, it's just yeah. doing so much out of such a tiny space. It's like mayhem. Uh, you're rocking it. It's, it's solid. Uh, hey, what, what does H and C stand for? It's our last names, Hensley and Chepanick. Yeah. All right. Cause I, I mean, I've go- I Googled the fuck out of that thing and it's like, I got nothing. And, but here's the thing is you, so you duped me on that I, one. I will, I will, I will tell you, first of all, I'll give every upstart some advice. Hire a fucking trademark attorney. My God. It's like, or at least learn how to use the test system and search for trademarks before you start coming up with imagery and labels and names and things. But <laughs> the good, the good news is one of my golf buddies, he is a trademark attorney. And when we, uh, when we coined birdies and bourbon, he's like, uh, Hey man, if you're going to do that, it's like, like if you're actually serious and this is like, you're going to keep doing this shit. You yeah. may want to go trademark that. And I'm like, good point. I will. And, uh, because I, I, I keep, you know, I mentioned it cause like people are like check out our cool logo. I'm like your cool logo is cross pistols. <laughs> That's uh, and, and it's a liquor. We, we have a trademark. <laughs> that is going to confuse the consumer. You can't do that. You can't just say, look at my thing. But, um, shit, what the hell are we talking about? Well, we were talking about oh, uh, H&C. Yeah. Yeah. It's all. So we were like, we're going to be called Nevada Distilling Company or Nevada Distilling Co. Because it sounds cool and old timey. And my trademark attorney said, you're never going to get that trademark. <laughs> that is way too generic. And I was like, what about Nevada H&C Distilling Co.? He's like, that'll work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Same, same thing. I mean, they, you know, we get a, we, we did our uh, little bird and bourbon thing and they're like uh, yeah well we're gonna have to really dial this down and i'm like you know and i need you to tell me exactly and i'm like well, what do you think and they're like well i can't tell you what i think you need to tell me what you think because i can't give you any anyway um <laughs> aaron you guys are doing a bang up job i mean shit i'll just keep sitting here and drinking and talking because i got a shitload more questions we, we got we got eight or nine minutes so if you All got right. anything you want to ask me in particular, well, I would, oh I would. no what i what i want is what didn't you tell us that you wanted to tell us hmm. nothing doesn't count i'll come up with this so are you a golfer no but uh jonathan is I used to be, I used to golf. I lived in Scotland for uh, about a year and a half when I was in high school. Oh, that's cool. Three or four times a week. So second question, are you going to hook us up with Jonathan? (laughs) And and golfing? Well, would Jonathan be open for coming on the show? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, fuck. And, and, uh, and, left out. and, and I've already drank all the, I've already drank these bottles. Yeah, I'm sure you have. So I'm going to need like the new bottles for the next. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah. but you know what I would like to do, and, and we uh, I, what I if if you have something that's like, uh, and we don't need this was uh, extremely extremely gracious you guys to send this to us, and we really appreciate it. And again, like I said, we share with uh, other people that come on our show and and on, on our on our podcast. But if there's something that's like up and coming um, that that you would want to share that he would want to maybe go through with us. Uh, I mean, that could be a really cool thing to do. And we would love to do, we would love to, he's a fucking screenwriter, dude. I oh, want to do. I mean, I, I mean as, as far as the, um, yeah, as far as like the, the, the bourbon, he's like, yeah, that would be, I mean, that would be more, he could talk about like the development of the property and everything. But I mean, as far as like, I'm the guy who's in there, like creating the bourbons and mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. So you take all the credit, basically. <laughs> no, you can't take all the credit. But it's, I mean, as much as you can. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm the one doing it. Uh, you know. He's, so he's the master blender. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I'm, so, I'm doing the blending. Yep. So 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 we've got to um, we've got to the point that the uncut, unfiltered. I mean, that's your. That's that's like that's where you go when you need to go somewhere. That that that's the flagship, right? I mean, that, yeah. That, hey, that's your... I'm very happy that you use flagship properly because for some reason, I feel like people don't know what flagship means anymore. They keep talking, saying this, this the straight bourbon is a flagship. I'm like, no, that's the entry level. The flagship is the uncut and filtered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this and, is what I'm giving my uh, <laughs> my 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 uh, my uh, my partner. I mean, she's getting this because she can't handle this. It's like, that's <laughs> that's, that's way, true. And, and it's not and it's not because it's off putting. It's just because she doesn't have an experienced palate in, in drinking whiskey. And I mean, that, this thing is like, I mean, you got a lot I, of shit coming he, out of that thing, man. I gave all three to an inexperienced bourbon drinker and she thought she was like she was like oh that straight bourbon she's like that's got to be the most expensive that's like the best bourbon i've ever had mm, that's that's good and i said i was like why do you think it's the most expensive she's like because it's so smooth you know i was like yeah that's uh it's entry level you know it's well like for people that are drinking bourbon all the time, it's like it's, drink, it's like it's delicious and yummy. But you know, there's times you want more, you want more heat. You want more but that's the ultimate compliment that you were looking for when you created that. Though. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. Tell us so about your just, bar you know, downtown. Uh, well, it's a 25 percent occupancy because of the restrictions, but mm -hmm. um, it's amazing, man. It's the Griffin, and um, it's just like a neighborhood bar that doesn't have a neighborhood. <laughs> but that's the vibe you know we don't have any gaming so there's no machines on the bar top um and just like if you can behave yourself you know it's like and there's no no one's pretentious the door guys are super nice uh you know and that's just the, that it was always about the you know the, i mean if you're an asshole you're gonna get kicked out uh, but uh Hey, yeah, good talking to you tonight, Aaron. <laughs> it sounds like a cool place. I want to check that place out next yeah. time we're out that and, way. And yeah. now it'll be 15 years next month. I, I can't believe that we haven't actually been there. Yeah. Do you, have you ever seen anybody that looks like me on a wall <laughs> in, a, like in, a, in, a, in a picture? It says, do not let this guy in. Yeah, let him in. Now, that sounds like a cool place, man. 15 no, years? Haven't. 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've had to. Took, uh, we've had to. It took been two there. years to build because of all the problems we had and everything. And yeah. trying to find it was like the bottles, like trying to figure out 
I was like, I want this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but you and, still uh, have, but you still have a bar in Vegas too, right? That, that's what we're talking about. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then is the uh, but the uncutting uh, filters getting to you? It's getting it's to okay. him, man. Uh, it's no, getting no, to no. him. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah. But smoke wagon is not there, or is it there? No, no. Mm-mm. You mean it, it's there, but you know, like. No, no. Not, I mean, but you've got you've got a you've got a uh, a blending location, or you got a whiskey oh, place, yeah. and then no, you have a not, bar. They're not the, no, They're yeah. separate places. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And are, are you going to migrate these into uh, like one place mm. when you when you get to your new spot? No. No, they got okay. four acres. No. They're building out a complex for the smoke yeah. wagon yeah, stuff. The, the, yeah, the, the, different crowds. You know, yeah. the, the Griffin's very uh, young. You know, I mean. It's, like rock and roll party time mm-hmm. not that the bar won't be but you know it's like it's gonna be more yeah, like it's, yeah it's it's a different yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's vegas so uh you get this and that right <laughs> yeah and the griffin's right downtown so we get all the tourists from the from fremont street experience it's pretty it's pretty wild that's cool man yeah. that's really cool yeah in a good it, way it, yeah, it's so good. Uh, what do you What do you want to talk? About? I mean, I'm going to keep drinking these uh, the rest of the night. He's got to roll. them out. So. Yeah. yeah, but let's I know see, you gotta got to go, bud. I got I got like two or three minutes. I don't know. Let's see what what um what haven't I talked about? What did, what surprised you or not surprised you? So um, Cal, Cal and I just said we we we've been there like to to Vegas before, but like if we're going to go eat or whatnot. What what uh, where where would you go as a local that you didn't know about when you came into Vegas? You know. Well, when I came into Vegas, it really wasn't much. I mean, it was a different place, you know. Vegas really changed in um, because of 2009, 2010. All of a sudden, people weren't coming here to make a bunch of money as a cocktail waitress or a bartender and then get the fuck out, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And the business that didn't slow down was like retail. So all the all the high end retailers were still getting like a, a lot of foreign tourists spending big money. So everybody started like migrating away from the nightlife and working in retail. When you work in retail, you got to wake up early and you got a regular job and you can't party all night. And all of a sudden people started like really living here. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you, if you work for a big like designer owned store, you can move up the ranks and then become a manager and things like that. So all of a sudden people are having like normal real lives. And that's when more and more off-strip local restaurants started opening up. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite in town for a restaurant? Mm. I can't say because, I mean, I don't want right. to say one and then have another one that carries my bourbon and be like, what? Uh, uh, do, you, do, you, do you want to drop, uh, well, uh, do you have a recommendation if I came to town? Uh, could you drop like uh, one or two or three that I might want to hit up? Sure. Yeah. Uh, like Latai, which is downtown. That place is amazing. Is that Thai uh, my, food? Yeah, it's Thai food. When I used to live downtown, I had like lunch there every single day. That's hilarious. Every day. Yeah. I like, cause I could, I, my apartment was across the street and I would walk down. Wow. And, uh, and, um, the other mama, which is like kind of Western, that place is really good. Uh, you know, places on the strip, you know, it's, that's the thing. It's like, it's amazing. Like all the, restaurants in aria like carbone and john george and uh uh the, the french place it's right in that area of three restaurants um i can't believe i can't pardo i think it is uh La frog i think uh, god uh, oh I think the french laundry 
No, the French Bouchon. laundry is the Bouchon. red. Is the Bouchon. Yeah. Um, God, there's just so many. There's so many good places to eat. I, I haven't been out in for so long because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. I just don't like wearing them. I don't. It's not <laughs> fun to go out wearing a mask. It's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Way, hey, however, I mean, you could. You should start rocking the Lone Ranger. <laughs> I ain't bullshitting you, man. But I mean, that would way, be awesome. You know, COVID was like um, that. Was the thing is like you know before I couldn't really post on Instagram what I was doing because I was doing account support. I was always out of accounts and being an Instagram that's um, monitored by the TTB, you know, we all got letters saying, Hey, you can't talk about retailers unless you're talking about all of them. And, uh, and so all of a sudden, once I wasn't going out anymore, I just started taking pictures of my house. Like, Oh, well, I guess if I can't go out, I'll just, you know, Hey, I know what everybody else is doing. They're sitting around, we're all in the same boat. So, <laughs> Hey guys, you know, I'm doing the same thing. You are, I'm hanging out at home, drinking bourbon tonight. I'm drinking the sun cut unfiltered. And this is what I did. And this is what it tastes like. And I started taking pictures, like smoking a cigar by the pool and things like that. And, uh, you know, it really, it turned into something. Mm-hmm. And so, my ability to use Instagram, I mean, you know, it's tough because even if it wasn't for COVID, I had hired a brand ambassador here and because mm-hmm. um, you got, he's out six nights a week and you have to do it here because it's all like on premise. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, so it, it like that, I mean, we have no sales team. I have one brand ambassador who's local and he's in Arizona too. I mean, to do what we're doing, you know, that's sort of the irony is in the beginning, I didn't want to expand past Arizona, California and here, because that's where I could physically go. And that's how it used to be. It was me (laughs) everywhere, you know? And I was like, I don't want to go to like a state where I can't go there and do market support because we'll just die, you know? And now because Instagram and everything, it's like, I don't have, we can't get it to the, we're, we're growing slow because I can't keep up with demand. You know, it's like we go into these markets um, with the expectation of doing what another, well, another brand <laughs> like us, but we're not that, you know, like a new bourbon, right? New right. bourbon, you go into these markets, even with like a small distributor that's like really craft focused, really small brand focused. And you have these expectations and, you know, man, we like did that in, you know, two days of pre-sales. What we thought well, we were you, you're, for, you're forced to go slow. You're forced to go slow because it's like, holy shit. Look what just happened. I, I mean, I'm not forced to, but it's like, I don't really have a, any motivate I, I want to be able to keep up and i want everybody to be happy in the markets i'm in and since we you know i want to be doing this for a long time it's all about uh you know preservation of the reputation of the brand you know yep and oh oh no i think our time might be up hold on all right hold on guys sorry <clears throat> No, no, no. Hey, we, hey, we can wrap it. All we need is like uh, two. We need like uh, thirty seconds after we drop. I'm coming back. Yeah, come back, come back. Uh, hey, right. uh, Aaron. Hey, buddy. 
I, I can't tell you how many more times I want to do this. And uh, I can't tell you how many more times Dan and I want to do this in person. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we, we are a little touchy feely, though. So, uh, are you a we're hugger not. or a shaker? We are not. Are you a hugger or a shaker, Aaron? <laughs> that's all good, man. You know, I'll take it as you're a hugger. All right. Uh, Aaron, uh, yeah, uncut, small batch, um, straight bourbon, whiskey. Uh, shit. I'm going, uh, I'm going uncut, unfiltered. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Thanks Aaron. for Thank having you. us on the show. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. My pleasure. All right.